My name is Rick Leaf. I'm the chair of the Master Plan Implementation Committee. This open meeting of the Master Plan Implementation Committee is being conducted remotely pursuant to Chapter 2 of the Acts of 2023, an act relative to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency, signed into law on March 29, 2023. No in-person attendance by members of the public will be permitted. All members of the Master Plan Implementation Committee are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. The Act allows the Master Plan Implementation Committee to meet entirely remotely, so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda unless the chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northborough Remote Meetings on YouTube by the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting will not feature public comment. I'll now take the attendance for the meeting. Julianne Hirsch. Unmute yourself, Julianne. Here. Here. Thanks. Amy Paretsky. Here. Millie Milton. Here. Ashley Davies. You're on mute. I saw you, Ashley. Hear me? Hear you now, yep. Okay, here. Thanks. Uh, Tracy told me she's not going to be able to make it tonight. Uh, Fran Baxter. <clears throat> oh, Fran. She's coming on now. I lost her, and then she came back in. Mm-hmm. Fran, you're on mute. Okay, there it is. I was having technical difficulty. Thank you. Okay, say say here, Fran. I'm present. Yes, here. Thank as you. we mentioned, Fran is now replacing Adrian Cost as now the uh, member from the Council on Aging. <clears throat> um, Laurie, we still don't have anybody from financial planning. Is that true? That's correct. Are they planning to provide anybody, or have you given up on them, or what's going on with that? Yeah. Um, we we gave them the heads up a few months ago yeah. and haven't heard anything. So All right. we'll follow up. Okay. Uh, Gene Kennedy. Here. Gene Cahill. Here. Rick Leaf is here. John Campbell. Here. And Jen Tolman. I see you here, Jenny. You muted. Working. Now we heard you. I think it's on a delay. I think it's better without the headphones. Okay. Oh, good. Hi, Jen. So Jen is the new member of the committee. Welcome, Jen. We look forward to having you work with us on all the great things that we do here. Um, and uh as you're probably aware, Dario submitted his resignation for the committee. So Dario will no longer be on the committee, which means we have another citizens at large uh, opening that we can fill. Okay, uh, from the staff, we have Laurie Connors. Laurie well, so is obviously here. here. Anybody else from the staff here tonight, Laurie? No. And then representing the consultants, uh, Jonathan Law is not available tonight. So Ashley Sweet from Weston and Sampson will be joining us. Ashley, are you here? Here. And we have Russ Oshimbo. Russ, are you here? Yes, I am. 
Um, Russ uh, is from RKG Associates. He was retained by Weston and Sampson to do the uh, market analysis part of the study. He's also been very involved in um, uh, developing the recommendations that are coming out of this report that we've been reviewing here. So what we're going to do tonight uh, is basically review the latest draft of the report. We're not really going to get into wordsmithing, uh, typographical errors, uh, things like that. Um, Lori sent out to us yesterday information she sent to Weston Sampson that had a lot of information about things that she's found recently in the report around wordsmithing, typographical errors, and formatting. If, in fact, what I'd suggest is if you haven't reviewed that yet, please review that. And if you found the same things that she found, there's no need to report anything else. If you found any other kinds of wordsmithing or typographical errors or formatting that you think needs to be addressed, uh, please send Lori an email tomorrow with that, with that information. So we're not going to go through all of that tonight. What we are going to do tonight is have Russ give us a quick overview of the plan and this open this up to feedback from the committee about the plan itself. Uh, are there questions about the content that we have? Um, uh, do we understand the different alternatives are being proposed and what's our opinion of those alternatives? Is there anything we think is missing or needs to be changed? So we're going to be talking about this at a high level. And once again, if you have any changes you need to make as far as typographical errors, wordsmithing or formatting, like I said, please review the changes Lori's already sent in. And then if you have anything different from that, just send her an email tomorrow and she'll get that back to Weston and Sampson. So that'll be kind of how we're going to run the meeting tonight. The goal was going to be, once we have this report where we are in agreement with it, we'll set up a meeting with the select board to present the report to the town and talk about what the next steps are going to be. So the report will be coming to the select board with the endorsement of the Master Plan Implementation Committee. So it's our job now to get the questions on the table, uh, any input or concerns, uh, see if we have to do any more uh, changes to the report and eventually get it in a final form that we all agree with so that we can get to the uh, select board and uh, present it to the town. Any questions about kind of what the process is going to be tonight? Okay, hearing none, I'm going to turn over to Russ and ask Russ to just give us a quick overview of kind of the report, what's in there, and then I'll ask Lori for any comments she may have, and then we'll open it up to discussion from the committee. So go ahead, Russ. Sure. Thank you, Rick, and thank you all for, for coming tonight to, to discuss the plan and its current state. It's the second draft that has come your way, and um, there'll be at least one other draft. Hopefully, we'll catch all the uh, the fixes that need to occur before we get to a final. But in very general terms, um, what we've tried to do for you is identify what we believe are the best opportunities for Northboro. We provide you a lot of sort of background existing conditions and analyses, which you know should lead us to a set of conclusions about what those opportunities are. And then the strategy has fallen out of that process. And uh, that's been vetted um, at least one time uh, by Rick and uh, Lori. Um, you all will be able to react to that tonight. Um, if you didn't see um, the executive summary that was distributed yesterday, I'd encourage you to look at that. Uh, it's a page and a half, but that's a good sort of um, setting for what's to come. And um, like Rick said, I think we, if we focus in on what 
the substance and the sort of the opportunities and uh, um, you know the, the strategy behind this all we'll probably get a lot done tonight so uh, Lori anything else you'd like to, to add to that no, I, I uh, wanted to thank the consultant team. Uh, clearly, you put a, a lot of uh, effort into both the plan and the uh, planning process. And I, for one, want to express my appreciation for your hard work. And I do think that there's a lot of uh, fantastic information in here and some good solid recommendations that give us uh, a path to move forward. So thank you. Very good. Thank you. It's been fun working with you all. And thank you for all your uh, work on this for us. You've provided a lot of uh, good background information and helped out with the strategy planning. So thank you. I think what I'd like to do is just give everyone a chance to feed back to this. I'm just going to sort of call people around if at this point you don't really have anything to offer, but you might, as you hear other comments, want to come back and offer something later on, you can do that. But I'm just going to call each person individually uh, and basically see what your reaction to the report is and what comments or questions you may have. And we'll just give everybody a chance uh, to speak. So I'll start with you, Julianne. Any comments, questions, ideas you'd like to bring up before the committee to start tonight? Well, well, for me, it's always been, um, what are we going to do? So I concentrated a lot on the redevelopment chapter. And, uh, you know, the, the Blake Street, idea um, sounds sounds interesting, but I have a lot of reservations about selling for West Main to a, a developer that, you know, it's, um, I've come to realize that whatever the town can control, at least we have that under our control. And um, I'm not, I'm not jumping at the chance to to not have town hall there. I, I, think, I think that idea has to be vetted very carefully. The Harvey Street idea is very appealing, um, but because I always play devil's advocate also, the, the river walk is not gonna be so pretty if we don't do something about the river. And then the third option, which I think admittedly is a little more complicated is um, you know, maybe farther down the line. So those are my immediate thoughts. Can I just uh, make a point of clarification just so we all have the same understanding? Um, for West Main Street is, as you would imagine, a pretty important property. And at this point, we're not necessarily envisioning a sale of the property, although that certainly could be on the table. It's now in the town's ownership, but a, a ground lease would be perfectly suitable for a project like that where a developer comes in, makes the improvements, they get a long-term lease arrangement, they don't own the property, you retain ownership of it, but everything that we would envision happening there is allowed to happen there. It's just that they don't, we don't convey ownership to a third party. I think it's important as the town offices committee does their work just to sort of keep uh, this report and that work sort of going in sync and just see kind of where this thing is all going to play out. It's conceivable that that's even conceivable that the town offices could relocate there and some of the lower floor space could be done for something more retail or commercial, or there are other options also. So I think that's an important 
uh, a feature of this, certainly that building sort of being the gateway down Blake Street to anything that may happen down there, you know, terminating with the fire station at the other end. It's just important that we have a clear idea of what we'd like to do there, regardless of what we decide to do with the town offices. Anything else, Julian? Uh, no, thanks. Okay, Amy. Hi, thanks. Um, I agree with Julianne about Four West Main Street and hesitating, but I agree with what you just said, Rick, too, is what I, when I read that, they might want to use it. I do think the upper floors maybe could be used for the town hall, and then some town halls at the bottom, you could leave the dentist there and maybe have like a coffee shop or a sandwich shop or, you know, the same thing versus retail on the bottom and apartments at top. Maybe it's retail and town hall at the top. I would hate to hold it out for retail and then have nobody move in because it's been empty for so long and build a new town hall and a new fire station. And the people are like, why did you build a new town hall when you have an empty building downtown? So that was my concern about that. Now, is, is, is the concern that maybe the same thing would happen again if either the property was sold to a developer or was under some long-term lease arrangement? Yeah, I don't know why the stores never lasted there. Like people love that Tom's Gourmet and it lasted for a bit. And that's something that you mentioned in your report might be great, a little like grocery store type of store, but it didn't last. And then nothing <clears throat> lasted there. There was a gym in there. So I would hate to build a whole new town office and then have an empty building downtown. Well, let's just put it this way. Um, if there was any interest in seeing all of what would happen in that Blake Street area, there would be commitments made to bring in tenants to fill that building. So it wouldn't be on someone's good word or someone's speculation about maybe I'll lease it, maybe I won't. They would have to make those commitments up front. So I'm not saying that there couldn't be a down recession in the in years to come that might result in some vacancy, but they would have a performance requirement. Mm -hmm. And plus they would be part of a larger redevelopment where other things are happening as well. Yeah, I just don't know how far off that is. I know the town offices they've been talking about it for years. So Lori can probably attest to it. You don't want to wait another five years mm -hmm. in the orange carpets. Town hall is pretty rough, I will admit. <laughs> right. So um, that, and um, I had concern with Blake Street losing a lot of parking and then talking about a parking garage. Like I know we all talked about it, but then I saw it's $2.5 million. So would it also be the developer that would um, build the parking garage or would that be on the town? Well, I think it's hard to say right now if if the, the parking garage was necessary to uh, enhance or bring in a developer to do the rest of the project, it might be on the town. Uh, if conditions were different and you had someone who was able to participate in the construction of it in terms of financing it, then then maybe there's a, there's a shared cost there. Um, I would say, given the fact that we're trying to establish an identity for downtown and an opportunity that doesn't currently exist, I would plan that you might have to make that investment. Hmm. There'll be other investments too, but that, that would be one of the bigger ones. Yeah, I think the town will have to weigh it all. There's a big list of items that are needed. Yeah. And, and I look at 
Blake Street right now is the most public parking that could be marked municipal parking. And then with the plan, it looks like all the parking goes away. And I know it looks prettier and with the public space, but yeah, I'm concerned about losing parking. Just just a point of clarification, Russ. My understanding was Blake Street, there'd be odd street parking on both sides, right? It did. I don't I don't know that we replaced all the spaces that we would take away, but based on I think uh, Gene, you had mentioned previous previous meetings that you want to see some um, preservation of, of as many spaces as possible. And we tried to do that. So we're getting some of those back, um, but not all of them. I think that's where the uh, we get we go from like 12 spaces at the fire department to 32. So we're gaining some across the street. Mm -hmm. um, but the the one to one replacement is it was hard to do. OK, yeah. And then I have a bunch of pages that I can pass in, but some of our typos. And then one of the things I could answer is um, on page 21, it talked about parking and there was a note. They weren't sure if parking was allowed on the street and they were talking about Gale Street and different streets in the downtown. And I know as a planning board member, we did a soccer field down by Bartlett Street and we questioned the parking. And at the time we were told, I think it was by the police that you could park on any street in town that doesn't have a no parking sign. So even like Monroe and Gale during Apple Fest, they put up no parking signs. But I think on a normal day, people can park on the side of the road as long as there's not a sign. Lori could maybe follow up on that, but that's what we were told during that application. It wouldn't make sense for like public roads, like you couldn't just park on Main Street, but. I do think it's confusing. Like in most downtowns that allow on-street parking, there are spaces that are actually, so they have the lines. So it's very clear that on-street parking is allowed. And there are no lines denoting the on-street parking. So I think if um, there is a desire to do on-street parking, then the lines would really advertise that. So it would be clear because, you know, I just, I never see people parking on-street on those streets, mm -hmm. um, except during festivals. So, you know, the typical shopper I don't think is is parking on the street. I think they're parking in the off street lots and then walking. Right, they wouldn't know. I parked there because I was told like that I could park anywhere as long as there's not a no parking sign. But I do think nobody else knows about that. So, um, okay. Um, I wanted, when I talk about the Harvey parcel, I noticed that it talked about making the Harvey parcel, parcel part of the MBTA communities. Being on the planning board, I know that MBTA communities, once you make it part of the overlay, the housing is allowed by right. You lose all your control over it. So if you put the Harvey parcel in MBTA communities, a developer could buy that parcel and they can do 15 units per acre by right. They won't have to do mixed use. They won't have to give the river rock. They won't have to do anything we're looking for, where if we kept it outside of the MBTA overlay, we still have that overlay in the bylaws. So if a developer comes to us and says, I wanna develop that pro property, 
I want higher density. We have the control to say, okay, we'll give you the higher density. We'll add you to the overlay, but we want to see a river walk. We want to see mixed use at both sides of the street. You know, if we put it in the MBTA, that's it. You, they can do whatever they want. They won't have to do any of the other things. I see Lori's raising her hand. Go ahead, Lori. Yes, and the reason why I'm raising my hand is because I'm nearly done with the MBTA bylaw, draft bylaw, uh, which is gonna be presented to the planning board on uh, November 17th for the first, uh, 14th for the first time. And just because it's a by right uh, approval doesn't mean that the uh, planning board doesn't have a lot of influence. So in the bylaw itself, I have included a number of design standards. And those design standards include a mandatory open space set aside. Um, they also include specific standards as to the design of buildings, um, the, the parking requirements and the design of the parking, walkways. So those are all mandatory requirements that anybody who um, is interested in obtaining approval under the MBTA bylaw, they will have to comply with those standards. And if they um, are interested in getting a waiver, then they will have to submit the waiver request in writing. And then the planning board can choose whether they want to grant the waiver or whether they don't want to grant the waiver. So it will be subject to site plan approval. And if they don't comply with the requirements, then certainly the, um, the planning board has the power to deny the project. Um, if they do comply with the written regulations, uh, then the planning board really doesn't have the power to say no. That is what a by right use uh, requirement says. I have included a mixed use component into the bylaw. So the mixed use would also be a by right use. Um, it would be on a level playing field with the multifamily, the garden style. And the same is true for townhouse development. So it wouldn't necessarily just be, you know, garden style apartment buildings and nothing else. Um, so I think that this bylaw would give the planning board a lot of power and the town over the ultimate design. And the planning board has um, expressed interest in including, I believe it's half of the Harvey property in the MBTA overlay. With, so at this point, that could change, of course. But mixed use isn't by mixed use isn't mandatory. So mixed use would be their choice. So, and and what I'm finding from being on the planning board is that if the developers can get all apartments, they have no incentive to do mixed use because it's we have a lot of open space right now where people are looking to fill their tenants. There's an apartment complex downtown that has five apartments and they never filled the commercial in the bottom. So with this overlay, mixed use is allowed, but it's not mandatory. So if I was a developer and I know I can sell 150 apartments, but I'm not going to fill the commercial, I'm just going to build all apartments there. 
And I'm also not going to build the river walk because that's not part of the site plan. We can't force it. Right. So being on the planning board and knowing how our hands get tied, I would keep it out of MBTA, let them know that the carrot of MBTA is there. So if they're willing to work, you know, to follow what we want in the downtown plan, then they can be added to the MBTA and we can work with them. And, and that's what's happening over on the baseball fields. If we decide to go with the baseball fields, MBTA is, isn't allowed there yet by right. So they're willing to give and take a little more. If it was allowed by right there right now, they wouldn't give us anything because they wouldn't have to. Well, this bylaw has to be adopted by December 31st of uh, 2024 in order to stay compliant with the law. Um, and I know that the attorney general's office has sued um, the town of um, Holden for being non-compliant. So the, that is the risk. So we have 50 acres that we have to zone. Um, of course, it, it could include downtown area or it could include nothing downtown. Um, but the way that the zoning is currently written, uh, there's no way we could get the density under the current regulations that is included within uh, this vision document. So um, whether it's in MBTA or not, the density in the current zoning is way too little to achieve this vision. I'd like to just interject for a second. I think, I think that the adoption of this uh, report for downtown revitalization doesn't commit the town um, to anything regarding MBTA communities or zoning. That's all things need to be decided through the normal you know, process that, that the planning board is gonna go through. Um, so I think the fact that the report calls out the fact that this is a potential place where the MBTA communities could be implemented doesn't necessarily mean it has to be implemented there. And obviously that's gonna to have to be decided, you know, through planning board discussion kind of thing. So I understand, I understand your point, Amy. I just want to be clear that adopting this report doesn't commit the town or the planning board to do anything with zoning. Obviously, once the report is accepted. Um, then the planning board has to decide which of all of this is going to be implemented and, and in what way. So that all falls back to the land use boards. Any other yeah. any other comments uh, or, or questions, Amy? Yep, and a couple. I would like okay. that little uh, asterisk at the bottom yeah. that adopting this report doesn't mean you have to do it because it will fall back on us. It will say, well, that report says it, so now you have to do it. Can I, yeah, can I comment? Sure. Oops, sorry, I'm not here. Before you do the other ones, um, um, I just, it's like hard to hear myself. Um, I just want to, just about this MBTA thing, it might make sense just to strike that language, just so that, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to cancel the vote. And it's, but it's not, you know, in there, maybe it's just more neutral if the recommendation for this to be or you know, comment about this being an MB, part of the MBTA zoning makes sense to come out. My concern is really the river. It's it's our most important asset. We are incredibly lucky to have such an incredible natural resource running through our town. This is probably the most negatively impacted that the Assabet River is throughout its confluence. So I think um, if we had the opportunity to preserve 
the riverbank and restore the river in this area, that that should be our number one priority here. And if we're kind of tied um, with any kind of zoning, that doesn't allow us to say, we need to preserve the riverfront. Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't support that recommended language in the, in the report. That's my only concern. Yep. Okay, let's uh, put that to the side. We'll come back to that to see if in fact the committee feels that we want to leave that MBTA reference in that uh, uh, wording for scenario two or or remove it. Okay, anything else, Amy? Um, yeah, there was um, talking about parking on page 30. Um, and it talked about as future redevelopment is planned, suitable parking should be provided to serve these new uses and replace some of the parking that may be lost redevelopment. And I guess that would go back to the planning board too. But I guess what the point I was I was gonna make is we would have to change the parking regulations in our bylaws because applicants that come in only wanna do the minimum. So if it says in here to add parking, we wouldn't be able to do it without upping the parking in our um, bylaws. Because if it, you know, if they're given the minimum, you can't force them to do more than that. But if we're looking, because I, with a lot of the mixed use downtown um, before COVID with the parking regulations, we were told that the people who live there go to work during the day. So the people um, that are frequenting the shops will use that parking. But then at night when the shops are closed, the people come home. But now with COVID, we've been finding that people don't always go to work. So there are places that are probably running out of parking because if they stay home, they work from home and then you need places to park, there isn't enough. And there was a, on page 30, it was talking about more parking in new developments. Yeah. So I was just gonna call out. Um, I just wanna go through it. I have, you know, a lot of, I'll send Lori the typos. Like I said, before you do that, check to see what she's already sent in to, to make sure that she hasn't caught some things you, that you caught. Sure. And then I had concerns starting on page 38. I think that was the market analysis. Over and over again, it said um, it was suggesting a promising future demand for multi-family multi apartment developments. And one of the ones I had concern with was on page 39, there was a discussion about household types from 2011 to 2021. And um, married couples went from 65.2% to 67.5%. So they went up 2.3%. And the not living alone section went from 5.2 to 5.6% on the chart. So it only went up 0.4% in 10 years, yet, at the bottom, it stated that it suggested a promising future demand for multifamily apartments because they said that, that people that weren't married usually consists of young adults or students living together with roommates. Um, that's a total assumption. Like we don't go around and see who's living together. It could be a mother daughter, it could be so to use like an assumption that people who aren't married are young adults and students living in apartments, so therefore we need more multifamily housing, I felt that should be removed because I felt the chart didn't back up that statement. 
it went up 0.4% in 10 years. So I didn't know how that correlated. And Maybe there was also- hmm? Want to give Russ a chance to respond to that? Sure. Um, the the demand, uh, you know, these things are changing in real time, but I don't think the demand is necessarily going away for very long. But the demand throughout the entire Boston metro area is very strong for multifamily development of any type, because that's quite frankly where you get the, the first um, um, supplies of affordable housing, just because your densities that allow some price variation there. Once you get into single family homes, it's harder to do. So that being said, the other way of looking at that, Amy, is to ask the question, why haven't we seen growth in those age cohorts? Oftentimes we see in communities when they have a limited supply of housing, diversity of housing choices, people don't find a way to, 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 to either rent or own in those communities. They're just not what they're looking for and they'll go next door because uh, the supply is more plentiful. So um, that was sort of the, the uh, reflection on our experience in other communities is that if you don't have those housing choices, people will be forced to go elsewhere. So I, it's, I, it's a chicken and egg sort of question. I'm in the cohort where my kids are all at that age. They all just graduated college and all my friends are at the same age. And they're yep. like, we wouldn't live in Northboro, even if it was cheap. They all want to go try Boston. My daughter's in Utah. Like they don't want to stay in Northboro. And it's not because there aren't enough apartments. It's like they want to try something different and then come back. And also being on the planning board, you know, we were going over the MBTA again and talking to the baseball people. And I asked how much the apartments are. Like those apartments are like $2,100 a, a month. So just adding a whole bunch of multifamily housing, I don't think is going to help the problem. I, I don't, still don't think they'll be able to afford it. I just didn't like how it said it in every single paragraph under market analysis that this table suggests a promising future demand for multifamily housing, where I do agree with you. I think the state wants every town to do multifamily housing, but I don't think the charts were what were backing up that statement. And I thought it was said too many times there. So as a planning board member, I was looking at that as someone's going to take this report and come to the planning board and say, okay, you have a high demand for multifamily housing. I want this right now where I started on the planning board in 2014, the biggest issue that people kept coming to us was high density housing. So it's like, we're not listening to what people have been saying for 10 years and now we're gonna shove it down their throats. Where um, there's another place in the study and you wouldn't know that because you haven't been in Northborough for a long time, but townhouses now were two to six units or two to four units. And you mentioned we should upset, we should um, ask for more. In the 10 years that I've been here, we actually brought it down because there were a couple put in and we got a lot of complaints that there was too much high density housing. So we actually just brought the numbers down. So to do this report and then turn around and try to bring to town meeting to up the numbers, as a planning board member, I wouldn't wanna do that because we just went the other way. Well, I, I can appreciate that. I know there's there is differing opinions in Northboro about 
should we grow that way? Should we not grow that way? Should we stay a single family community in terms of the housing type? That's all true, but that's also something you all have to reconcile before you decide you're going to go down this path of downtown revitalization. Um, what we have in the plan is sort of a combination of uses that we think can be supported by the market. If you take that pin out, you know, the whole thing falls apart in some respects, depending on the project and where it's located. But, you know, I, I think that's the reality that we had to reconcile ourselves is what's it going to take to bring development of interest here, assuming... Ross, we lost your audio. Ross? <laughs> After he's done, I just, I have a lot. I'll finish one more thing and then let someone else go because I do have a lot to say. But I do have one more thing I wanted to get out before I move forward along these same lines. Ross, can you, can, can you say something, see if we can hear you again? You think he's gone? Did we lose Russ, Lori? Uh, yeah, we lost him. So maybe if you can wait on your question until he comes back, Amy. Yep. Jen Tolman, it looks like she's raising her hand. Yes, hi. I'm still not sure how to use the Zoom and the hand and all that. Uh, I'm not really familiar with your format. So um, like, for instance, if I had questions to go along with what Amy was saying, do I wait till it's my turn or do I pop in and ask a question while she's talking? Or I think you could it, probably, if you want to ask a question about what she said, you could bring it up now. So if you'd like to do that, go ahead. Well, just about um, the multifamily, well, two things. One, the parking on Gale and Monroe Street would be challenging if people parked in the street there because of fire trucks, landscaping trucks, um, buses, school buses that need to go through there. So I don't know the clearance. So just a, a quick comment about that. Um, they'd have to make sure DOT that it was okay to do that. And also um, your multifamily housing uh, and marketing analysis thing that um, the other man was talking about. I'm guessing if it was, if I had to guess that that information was not really centered towards central mass real estate, it was probably more closer to Boston real estate, like Natick, Framingham, that area. Um, I can try to pull some hard real estate information to kind of help. Um, you know, show like what the sales have been in the last year, two years, three years, whatever. Um, I don't know if that's something that we look at or if that's like a whole nother topic, but um, just to kind of hit on what's actually selling in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. uh, for Central Mass, that's like um, current, just let me know, I guess. Yes. I think apartments will definitely sell. It's what does the town want? You know, do we want to fill up the downtown with all housing? And um, like, I, what I see is like, even with Avalon, 372 apartments, it's the businesses that keep people coming back and it keeps them in business. If you have a great business, you're going to stay in business. Mm -hmm. And so if you're downtown and you have a great business, you're going to stay in business, whether or not you have an extra 300 apartments or not, because there were a lot of things that went out of business at North Park crossing with the 372 apartments in the sidewalks and 
Um, I look at Hudson and it's the fun restaurants, it's the music, it's the ice cream, it's the speakeasy. And they have parking and traffic issues. So it's not everybody walking there. They're going through a whole parking analysis. So I'm, I'm concerned with, of course, with adding a ton of housing downtown because I see big spaces. And if we fill them with housing, there'll be nothing else to go to because there's not much down there right now anyways. Yeah, I think I think to expand on that thought, um, that scenario three area is an attempt to sort of create space for those businesses. Right now, if you were to say, you know, to a, a new business, go ahead, look downtown and, and tell me what space you're interested in. There's really not much to choose from. So I think you have to recognize that that is a limiting factor and people need to have options there. In terms of the number of housing units we have in these plans, I forget the exact number, but I think it's under 300. So it is by no means a, uh, an extravagant number of, of housing units, but it is there to support the other development investments that would be made downtown. And I think that I think just going forward that um as we move forward with this plan, there's just going to have to be a lot of soul searching within the town uh, to decide exactly what the position is going to be around housing. How important is it to generate development or not generate development? You know, I think that from the standpoint of the report, you know, there's some some business sense in recommendations there, but it's going to be the responsibility of the of the town and the land use boards and the select board to finally decide exactly to what level this is going to need to be done and what success we're going to have attracting businesses. So I think we understand that this is an issue we're going to have to wrestle with, you know, going forward. I just didn't like how it was in there over and over again, that this supports multi-family housing. I felt it was overkill. It could have been said maybe once, but I felt like it was being driven home over and over again. And and there were a couple of charts that were off, but I could talk about that offline with maybe Lori. And it was there was things like um, the people who own the properties downtown. There were a couple of people. There's one woman who owns like six of them, but only one of her properties was highlighted. But you probably wouldn't know that either unless you were from town. So there were a couple of charts that I wanted to go over, but you don't have to go. I don't have to do it today. Amy, okay. can I just... Can I sure. just respond to the comment Rick made? I just, I know it's, you know, the 11th hour, it's past the 11th hour. So it's hard to be making some of these overarching comments right now. Um, but I, I do think all along the committee voiced concerns about the amount of housing that was being recommended. And all along we were told, well, it's not gonna work unless you had the housing. And we understand that and so we, kind of trucked forward, but it is true that every community outreach event, that was the concern and that was the concern and that was concern. So understanding that, you know, a really, a real revitalization with successful businesses is only going to work if there is additional housing downtown. That is a long range plan. And that's kind of how it's been posed. And that's how it's shown in the in the end where we're talking about short, medium and long-term strategies. But I think what Amy is bringing up is that it's it's coming to the forefront more than I think any of us wanted it to. And that I think the town 
has expressed interest in it being. So, you know, downtown revitalization, I really love the short-term strategies. They're, you know, they're taking what we have and they're making it better. They're not, you know, we're not doing this development right away. Um, and that makes sense in the way that it's laid out in terms of the time frame. It's just, I think the language is strong on housing and the community was strong against it. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this real dense housing. Um, like, so that's, yeah. that's it. That's all I want to say. And, if you're and, in the oh, sorry. I guess sort of to um, just clarify the process. Uh, I think when we met earlier with the townspeople, that came out pretty clear. I think it was in one of our uh, summer meetings with them. Um, and as a result of those comments, and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, unanimous by any stretch, but there was divergent opinions in the room that there was thought to be too many housing units. We went back and as we were, as the plan was coming together and the strategy was coming together, those units decreased. So mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many, but we took that to heart and we said, okay, well, let's, let's shade it down on the lower end of what we think is feasible and respond in some meaningful way. So it wasn't a couple of units, it was probably dozens of units. But I think that is really what the community needs to reconcile as it goes forward. Is this something we want in our community? Is this gonna make us successful or are we gonna risk you know, the other alternative? So, um, I won't say which way to go, but I think that needs to be addressed. Yeah, and, and I appreciate that and, and that you all took that into consideration and that the recommendations are based on data, our data and analysis. And, um, you know, that makes sense. It's, I think it's just the tone of the language is really all, all I'm, you know, highlighting because Amy said people will read it and they will say, well, the tone is this. And so this is what we should be allowed to do. Um, even though the plan is long range and the plan is housing spread out, and um, well, you all you all control the tone. So I would say yeah, yeah. take your your pens and mark it up, and you can put it in your own voice. The flip side of that is you want anyone reading this to sort of know where they stand. If they're a developer and they're interested in your community, there shouldn't be a lot of uncertainty as to where the community stands on these issues. So. You don't have to be cheerleading the idea, but you have to sort of let them know, here's the ground rules, here's what we're looking for and expecting, and sort of leave it at that and let them sort of explore further with the community, what their tolerance is. I went back and I read the master plan surveys again, and it was like no high density, no duplexes. It was no blue duplexes over and over again. So it's like, I feel like I don't want to, approve like a downtown revitalization strategy that goes against the master plan that we worked so hard on. And then the original master plan said the same thing. Like people tell me they move into Northborough for the small bedroom community. They love the community. They love, they want better sidewalks. If we had better sidewalks, you could walk from Summer Street. School Street has 112 units on it. Like I, I don't think people want to urbanize downtown or they would live somewhere else. I don't think that's what they moved here for. I just think that people don't make the connection between housing, housing choice, and what people see as far as housing strategy, and then a lot of enthusiasm around revitalizing the downtown. Um, 
the people who sort of produced this report that came in from the outside are presenting the opinion that to attract development, a certain amount of residential needs to be included with the retail and the commercial, otherwise there's not gonna be an appetite to do it. So what we have to reconcile is the town residents probably in their thinking weren't far enough down the road to understand on the one hand, how they feel about increased housing density, and on the other hand, how they feel about wanting to have a revitalized downtown and how to a certain extent there's a residential component built into that. So I don't think the report is contrary to the master plan and that it, it recommends development of residential development. And it talks about experience in other communities is that developers to be encouraged to come in and create the, the downtown that people are looking for are usually looking for some sort of residential component to um, uh, manage the basically the uh, finances that they see in the project kind of thing. So we have to be careful that um, this report doesn't provide a recommendation to pretty much put in all of the things about businesses and commercial and retail and shops and restaurants that people want and strip out or de-emphasize the housing. And then we find out when it comes time to do it, that in fact, there's not a lot of private development interest in doing anything because people expect to do these multi-story buildings with residential above and commercial or retail below. So I think if, if we feel that it's a little bit overstated in the report, maybe there's a way we can work to change that around a little bit. But if what we're saying is that the town is really opposed to increasing much more residential development, especially this kind of higher density residential development. And on the same, on the other hand, the town wants to encourage restaurants and shops and bars to come in. And if in fact, nobody's gonna build them unless there's some ability to do mixed use, we're gonna end up on the one hand, I guess, pleasing people that we're not increasing residential development and displeasing people that a lot of the things that are presented in here don't come to pass because at least what we're getting from the consultant's perspective is that there needs to be some consideration for residential component. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think the mixed use is great. Yeah. I think going higher. I think it's just the big apartment building alone. Well, once again, I think on, on scenario two, um, I think the thought process behind that was to get someone to come in and buy that property from Harvard, from Harvey and develop it and to do all the things we want to see as far as open space and parks and playgrounds and things like that, that it, it didn't make sense to put a lot of commercial and retail in there. It's not really in the downtown area. So there was a, an, a way to put a little commercial and retail around the river. And basically the development spur for the um, developer was going to be to put some residential in there. I don't think if I sense the report properly, that there's going to be a, an appetite to have a private person come in there and turn the Harvey property into a park with a couple of restaurants. And if that's once again, what the town is looking for, that may have to end up being warrant articles before the town for the town to purchase a property and build a public park with a river walk in there. 
and maintain the river. And it becomes it becomes a civic project, not a private development project. But once again, I think the report is trying to is trying to explain where the opportunities are for private developers to come in and do some of what we want to do, but also, you know, do it on a on a basis that's uh, financially feasible for the developer. So once again, I think it comes back to, you know, we just have to come to terms with what we want to see here. Mm -hmm. I don't feel as strongly as some that people are going to take this report and say, see, this is what the revitalizing report says. So if we can't build, if we if we don't have the zoning and we can't build the units we want to build, we're not going to do it. I mean, if that's, I mean, that it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy to prove that the report to a certain extent was true, not to say that there can't be other alternatives we follow. So I'm just, I just, I just want to make sure that we're, you know, that, that we're trying to take advantage of the experience of the people who wrote the report to give us, you know, some sort of a, a, a uh, reasonable picture of what it typically takes to do this kind of work. And, and then we have I, to take that and modify it to how we want to do it and see what happens. And I would say, based on our experience, what, what will likely happen is that you decide whatever you want to be included in the plan and will create a, an, in effect a vision for the community that hopefully the community shares the developer will come in and say okay i'm interested in blake street i don't really have an interest in uh the the riverfront but um this is what i want to do in the area and you know they'll use the plan as a guide because they will assume that on some level it has been vetted by the community and improved although there may be approved meaning that there may be some dis disagreement, but generally speaking, it ended up in the plan. It's viewed as a favorable future for downtown. And then they'll remake it in their own image. They may say, look, we need more housing than that, or we have these ideas for commercial development. Um, so be prepared for the, someone to remake this in their own vision, but you have to give them something to start with and let them see what we'll tolerate or what we want to see as a community. And they'll take it from there and you'll have to negotiate where that ends up hmm. and we always put these three different areas in the plan with the understanding that look this could take a lot of time if you're going to do all three it could take many years or one may happen and another one might not happen it depends on what the market is doing at any given time mm -hmm. uh, what the appetite in the development community is for a project in Northborough. So it was never thought that you're going to just bang these three out in a row and you'll get them done in five years and that'll be the end of it. Um, some may happen more than others in terms of their um, the readiness for implementation. Mm -hmm. I wonder if in the executive set in, in the executive summary we call it a guide, then versus you know that way it's not as it's not like the master plan. It's like a guide. It's it's just a guide. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's get some other input here, and then we'll come back and sort of decide kind of how we want to modify what we've got at this point. Millie, how about you from your perspective? Uh, I actually did not get a copy of this summary, so I if 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 I did, it was the one that I think I mentioned to Lori that I couldn't read it because it was misaligned. So I don't really think I am comfortable commenting on it. You didn't get a copy of the executive summary or the right. whole report? 
I the whole report that I got was from August. It was the draft. So mm-hmm. I didn't get it, anything current. And I was hoping to be able to pick it up today as a hard copy, but I couldn't. Oh, yeah, it was printed and ready for you today, Millie. Yeah, I just didn't get get time to go in to, to pick it up. So I am not comfortable commenting on it because I really didn't get a chance to take a look at it thoroughly. Okay. Uh, Ashley, other comments? Yeah, I mean, I just, I really appreciate the short-term strategies and, you know, knowing that there is a long list of things that we can do in the near term that can kind of get things rolling and and start to revitalize downtown and, and set things up for, you know, real economic development in the future. So I appreciated that. I didn't know if if this was part of the scope or if we had expected more detail in terms of like budgeting. I know there's ranges in there for costs of each item. I just, it it would be helpful to know, you know, what what we think everything's gonna cost so we, as we're looking forward. But um, that's really my only comment, but I, I appreciate the report. Um, I thought there was a lot of background information. I don't know that everybody's gonna read that, but obviously it's, it's standard to have all of that information in there if it's necessary. So that's, that's really it other than what I've already stated about the river and the okay. overall tone, which I'm happy to, you know, work on if that's helpful. Okay. Uh, Fran, I know you're new to, back new to the committee here, but have you a chance to review the report and comments from your perspective? Yeah. And actually, I just have a, just a quick question on the intent of the purpose of tonight is to just say that the draft, the September draft is um, once wordsmith is the final draft, or is it just more of a high level? What do you think of it overall? Because Amy was going to a lot of detail. I, I mean, I appreciated when Julianne spoke and she was, she kind of gave just a, a, which scenarios work best, but what actually is the objective at the end of this meeting? Because we're an hour in. Um, I'm just wondering, are we meant to say this draft becomes the final, or is there another? interim step. I think the purpose of this meeting tonight is from an overall conceptual standpoint, do we think that this draft accurately represents okay. revitalization plans for the town? And so far, the one area that's coming up here that, that some people have brought up is the emphasis on residential development and housing and things like that. And we're getting a sense that, you know, some people feel that the report as it's written right now overemphasizes that. So we're going to have to come to grips with that before I think some people are going to say, they're ready to say this is the final report. Other than that, I haven't heard anything else yet besides, you know, uh, editing changes to say that the report is not in good shape. Okay. All right. Well, then, and then I will just say that I, uh, similar to, um, I think scenario one and two, I, I like the idea of them both being on the north side of Route 20 because then they would um, blend better than um, a little piece on that Acibit Mill section. Um I do think the river would need to be looked at and we'd have to be um, mindful of how to maintain it or, you know, just keep it safe, I would think, from development. I don't think you can have a revitalized downtown if you don't have some housing. And I don't think it has to be. I think we have to stop making it sound like it's an Avalon Bay. It would not be an Avalon Bay. An Avalon Bay on top of a car-friendly mass of shopping mall is not what 
anyone here or anyone in town, I think, envisions what a revitalized downtown would look like. Um, I think you have to have striping on your streets for parking, and I agree with Jen. I don't think Gale and Monroe is conducive of having striping. I don't think that those roads are wide enough, but I'm not an engineer, so I don't know. But just from looking at them, they don't look like that they would be safe for you know striped parking. And just one just really specific piece, the apartments that are um, inhabited on Main Street at the bottom of Mo uh, Monument Drive that are supposed to have um, commercial underneath has nothing to do with the lack of interest in um, commercial or business um, or retail coming into those building, that building is because the owner has not done what he needs to do in order to get it finalized so that he can actually get tenants. So I don't want people to think that there may or may not be interest in business, uh, commercial or um, businesses coming to that area. They can't. So we have to stop. We shouldn't look at that as if that's a proof that we don't need more housing or that we don't have a housing doesn't draw business. And that's all. Okay. Thanks, Fran. Uh, Gene Kennedy, comments? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple. I'll try to keep them sort of at the high level. Um, I took a quick look at the report and uh, from the comments that I made back in August, uh, the consultants made a, a, good, uh, a good effort to incorporate those comments. Um, so it reads as a much more complete report now than it did in the summer. Uh, but I want to uh, start by following up with what Amy has been saying. And uh, on page 91, there was a table. On uh, page 89, there was a table that shows that it takes the three scenarios and lays out the building program in terms of land uses and parking requirements. And it shows that combined the three scenarios have an overall deficit of 470 parking spaces, which is approximately not quite 50% of what the zoning requirement would be. Now, they add, the consultant added text to the effect that, you know, we need to, we're gonna have to review this and maybe change some of your zoning requirements and reduce the, or maybe reduce the number of park, uh, number of dwelling units. Uh, but that sort of misses the point. Uh, if we're showing a building program with three scenarios with only 50%, of the parking requirement. And I looked at the parking requirements in the bylaw and they seem fairly standard, fairly reasonable. Um, then we're gonna be left with the situation of whether, you know, whether we have too much housing and not enough parking. Uh, I noticed also that each of the scenarios uh, has an abundance of landscape and seating areas and green space, which makes for an attractive graphic, but doesn't help if you can't find a place to park. Um, 
I was never a, a big fan of the Acevet Mill scenario three. When you look at it, it's not a revitalization plan, it's an urban renewal plan. I mean, the proposal is over time to literally demolish every single building that's in that block. Uh, replacing the housing that's on South Street, for example, with new townhouses, to me, is not revitalization, it's urban renewal. Uh, my thought in terms of addressing that particular issue is whether in the scenarios, we can begin to talk in terms of a range of density or a range of housing units that can better match what can be provided in terms of parking. In other words, instead of saying scenario three, there'll be a hundred units, maybe that there should be a, some thought given to saying scenario three should have 60 to hundred units. Build in the flexibility into the report because God knows what's gonna happen down the road. We're talking 10, 20 years down the road. Um, it would give everybody a range, it would give developers an idea. It would also provide flexibility to the planning board to be able to address the density issues on a project by project basis. So that's my first comment. In terms of the recommendations, I noticed that the redevelopment of the existing fire station on Pierce Street is in a mid-range, is in the mid-range schedule, four to seven years. Uh, I think we are very fortunate to have the town hall, the, the former town hall, and the fire station that's going to be repurposed right downtown where we're looking. And the town has control of both properties. So to me, those should be short-term projects that can start right away, that can set the stage for any future development in downtown. Now, by moving that uh, particular recommendation to short-term raises the question, well, we only have so many people doing so much work, we can't put everything in the short-term grouping. So I would suggest, I think it's objective seven, which is the discussion about uh, beginning the process for scenario one and scenario two, uh, move those to the midterm. Let people digest this plan over the next couple of years while the town focuses on the two town-owned properties and tries to get something going downtown. Uh, so that would be my second point. And my third point is, uh, and again, the consultant has added text that talks about the historic value of the historic properties on Main Street, but there's nothing in the recommendations that highlights that. So I would like to recommend that they consider either a short or a midterm uh, objective of providing some analysis and support to uh, ensure the protection of those historic properties, because they're really 
the key to the character of downtown. Um, and then I know we're not talking about the MBTA, although we have talked a lot about it. Um, but I remember reading the master plan and noticing how much industrially zoned land there is in the town of Northborough and how relatively little amount of land left for single family development. Yet we talked in the master plan about having a bucolic rural downtown and suburban community. My thought is that the MBTA bylaw, um, which is gonna be by its definition on the high density side, uh, perhaps we should be looking more at existing industrially zoned parcels like Marlboro has to create higher density residential development on the periphery that meets that need without overwhelming what is really a very small downtown. I mean, if you look at the acreage of scenario one and scenario three, it's really not that much land. So overwhelming it with too much housing sort of defeats the purpose of revitalization. You want housing, uh, but you also want the mix of uses that combine bring people and activity to the downtown. So that's my speech for the night. So Russ, any response or clarification to any of that? Can I just say something if he doesn't answer about the Main Street residential old houses? I'm just, is Russ still with us, Laurie, or is he lost? Yes, I, I'm on mute. I'm sorry. I got kicked off again. But um, in response to the, the issue of phasing, project phasing, um, Laurie was of the opinion that she wasn't quite sure that the fire station would be available until a phase two project or the next, next phase. Um, I originally thought it might be more available in the short term, but Obviously, if we haven't started building the fire station, there's a lot of things that need to happen for that to get in a position where you could really start to implement a reuse of that. Um, it looks like for West Main Street is on a different path. I mean, there's uh, obviously some decisions that had to be made about the future of that building, but I guess that probably would move ahead of the fire station because of uh, the timing of that. Um, <clears throat> You know, I, I think we have a difference of opinion, Gene, in terms of what makes a revitalized downtown. And um, I wish it were true that you could just build out, you know, commercial and dining opportunities and have that be successful. I just I don't think that's possible. Doesn't mean individual businesses can't be successful. I just think overall it would be a struggle. And I agree with you on the on the historic properties, and but I believe there is some level of recognition. I don't know that there's any protections per se. So someone wants to speak to that, please do saying. so. Yeah. I'm on the planning board again, but Main Street Residential has the antique homes. And at one point there was a footnote in there that they allowed higher density. So you could do it by conversion only. So if you wanted to do duplexes, you want to do multifamily, it's by conversion only. And then at one point, someone took out that foot, footnote, but I wanted to put it back this year at town meeting because 
that's the way that you're going to save those properties that they can't be torn down and made into multifamily without doing it by conversion where the footprint stays the same and it gives the incentive to to add additional housing inside without tearing it down and i wanted to actually add that to this year's bylaws going forth town meeting does anything need to be in this plan I don't Regarding think it's going to be part of the plan, though. I just yeah. want to tell everybody that I had planned on doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Gene, to your comment about the town hall and the fire station, um, the reason that in the short term um, there was a item added to start to do the analysis of what to do about those scenario one and scenario two was to say that we ought to get started on planning for what to do and what our options were as far as what could happen on Blake Street and what could happen on the Harvey property and give someone the job of trying to start to figure that out in the short term. And then to the extent that there were some opportunities in the short term to actually do something, for example, as a decision is made by the from the town hall uh, reuse committee, town offices reuse committee, that may generate um, some action items as to exactly what's going to happen with 4 West Main Street. So um, the idea was to put into short term the work to start to analyze um, what the options were, because we it seemed to me that uh, we ought to be looking at the Harvey property, at least looking at it in the short term and determining um, what appetite the current owner has for sale of the property and what some of the options might be if the current owner had some appetite, you know, for its sale kind of thing. So that that was added up into the short term as a way to at least get working on scenario one and scenario two. And in scenario one is included, you know, the town hall and the fire station. So if, if you think that's sufficient, we could do that or we could think about, you know, calling out independent of scenario one just doing some work separately as, as individual projects in the town hall and the fire station, independent of looking at the whole Blake Street, you know, sort of proposal. I don't know, kind of what you're feeling about doing it one way or the other. Well, I mean, you could call the owners of the, uh, of Harvey and they might say, we have, no plans, we have no, no desire, uh, end of story. So you're done with scenario two. So that, that, can sit, that can sit there for who knows how long. Um, I know the new fire station is very active in terms of the design process, et cetera. The town hall, the old town hall is an active issue that has to be discussed, but I wouldn't want the reuse of the Pier Street fire station to languish because as we've discussed, it's a prime property for revitalization and redevelopment. It's a shell of a building. That means it can support a whole range of uses. It has land and it has parking. Um, so I would like to see that in the short term mix. And if it means 
pushing something out of the short-term mix, I mean, that would be my my preference. And you know, I understand that the more things that are in the short term, the more things land on Laurie's shoulders. So maybe we have to negotiate with Laurie a little bit on what's short-term and midterm. But you're only going to be able to do so much anyways because you only have so much staff. But I think it would send a very positive message that the town is very interested in this Keystone property and getting something going there as the focal point for revitalization efforts for downtown. I haven't heard anybody talk yet about the report recommends adding a staff position to sort of take this on, become the person that takes this report once it's defined the way we want it defined and to start to make some progress on it, starting to work on these short-term issues. And there's a realization that the current staff is insufficient to really move this thing forward in any kind of a meaningful way. It could be added on. Some parts of this could be added on. The report is recommending um, that the town consider hiring the equivalent economic development coordinator whose responsibility would be if in fact the town wants to go forward with downtown revitalization, taking this on and starting to do the things in these short and midterm that are, uh, uh, are recommended here. Uh, from your perspective, you think that's a reasonable recommendation? I do. Yeah. That, I mean, but that's I, I would, I, I would just caution two things. One, uh, it has to be in a unified planning department. It can't be a separate, a uh, staff person reporting to like the Economic Development Commission or something. It has to be integrated. And it, given the size that we have of downtown, it might be an economic development position that could focus on downtown, but be available for town-wide economic development issues. You know, I don't necessarily see that person spending all their time just on the downtown, there may be other economic development issues town-wide that we could use their services on. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. I think it's important, I agree. I wanna ask Russ a question. Russ, do you think you can modify scenario one and two to provide sort of a range of the number of housing units rather than just have one, one number based on one set of assumptions. Uh, sure. I mean, we could we could put ranges on all of them. I think, just so you're aware, um, by far the majority of the housing units is in the scenario two because it's a bigger area. There's more opportunity to do that. Once you get it into one and three, we're talking dozens of housing units. It's not these are not huge numbers. Maybe it's closer to um, 100 total for there and something, you know, maybe 180% of that number at, at the uh, scenario two. But yes, you can give ranges. Um, one thing that we were trying to do for scenario two was that if they end up being apartments as opposed to condominiums, you want to have a professional manager on site because you want to have that level of control over what happens there. Um, and you can't get that in an investment grade property unless you have a certain number of units, let's say 175 as maybe a low end cutoff. 
where you have the developer with a leasing staff, a maintenance staff, management, all on site, because I think you're going to want that in your downtown. So once you get out of that, the other ones are obviously much smaller in terms of their footprint. They don't have those opportunities. These will be something, a different type of product. Now, getting to sort of respond to your earlier comment about parking, which sort of dovetails into how many housing units are in any one of these scenarios. We're at a sort of an interesting point where, yes, there may be a discussion in the community at the planning board level about what are our zoning and parking requirements asking of people. Do they need to be adjusted? I don't have the answer to that. I don't know how that conversation would go. I know Lori wants to explore that. Do we do we do something now or do we wait for that process to sort of play out? And maybe what you conclude is, you know, this is what we're willing to do. And it's still not going to be enough to support the development that's being proposed in our master plan. We need to do something about that. So either you do it now and preempt it or you do it later once you have better information about where the community stands on that issue. Well, maybe the consultant team could look at uh, <clears throat> schemes where there's less density and fewer units in scenarios one and three, and maybe even more units in scenario two. I mean, you've got a topography question with scenario two that may support an additional floor of housing. Or, or you do what you suggest and come in with a, a high and low range and let the thing sort of naturally figure itself out. In other words, if the, if the developer comes in and sees that there's, a, there's a, already a parking shortage before they even propose something, they're going to say, Lori, what will you reasonably expect? And she'll tell him or her. And then he's got to figure it out. <laughs> he's got to say, okay. It, the, the, the property can't support that many units we need to, and we won't get it approved unless we're meeting the parking standards, whatever they end up being. And then next sort of self-corrects on its own. So I can give a range, which would say on the low end, this is probably closer in line with the parking requirements. And at the higher end, it's not so much. We'll have to be figured out in the future once the details are better known than they are today. That I mean, sounds that was, like a reasonable approach to me, given the fact that we're just talking about a generalized conceptual revitalization plan. Yeah, what you see there as, as sort of the design concept may not look anything like the actual thing. Give, give the future developers the right to sort of figure it out. We obviously could not do that at this stage, but they will bring a solution to the problem through the project, or they won't. If they don't, then I guess they don't move forward. But if they think it's a good project opportunity, they will figure out how to solve some of these problems. So give them the opportunity. We'll give them the range. They can figure it out. And working with Lori and the community, they'll sort these, these issues out. Okay. Just there's, just there's too much to anticipate to really lay out in prescriptive fashion right now. So do you want me to provide a range? Yeah, why don't you give that a shot? Okay. Anything else, Jane? No, that's 
Uh, Jean Cahill. John Campbell's had his hand up. I don't know, John, if you want to go ahead. Oh. Do you have something to add to this discussion, John? Sorry. Uh, yes, but I was just being available for my turn. Can you hear me, by the way? Yes. Yeah. Because I can see nobody. My my computer has gone completely blank, but I'm <laughs> glad you can hear me. We see you and hear you. It's not a bad way to to uh, have the meeting go. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't, I can't tell if I'm on or not. So uh, I, I do not need to get in front of you, Jean. Okay, go ahead, Jean. Um, so my comments kind of tended toward what Jean Kennedy just said. I think um, the town-owned vacancies are our best opportunity. We already own it. We control it. And um, it, I think that helps anchor the vision for what we then can do in sub subsequent areas and phases. Um, I must say about the report, I found some of it a little bit dense and it kind of made me feel a little bit stupid, but I'll just point out a, for instance, and find out if I'm the only one who didn't get this. Um, there is a figure in here. It's a figure, uh, 5.2, I think. Let me, sorry, scroll up. And it had to do with household type composition trend. And I really didn't understand it because it, is kind of comparing married couples and then male, female living alone and not living alone. So that's, I don't, I don't know if that's comprehensible to others, but kind of threw me for a loop. Um, so a quick explanation of that table, Jake. I'm sorry. Would you like Russ to give you a quick explanation of that table or. I, I guess I'm kind of throwing it out to the committee to say, did other people also find that or other of the, um, especially the bar graphs a little bit confusing and maybe not clarified in the text um, as to what it was really, the apples and oranges, it seems to be comparing there. That's um, the, same, the same bit that Amy had concerns with, uh, was one of her first comments. So I would say that you're not alone there. Okay. And so, yeah, just to maybe tie that um, point up better. There were a few things that I thought were really important to bring forward. They really struck me, struck a chord with me. Um, and I even, you know, wondering if they would elevate to being put into the uh, executive summary. Um, one is the, the statement on page 47 to the point of um, Northborough, downtown Northborough needs to diversify its future business types and encourage local and small businesses to create a competitive advantage and distinguish itself from Northborough Crossing. Um, I think that's pretty key. And I think it's also, you know, it's very um, grounded. I think everyone and anyone who were, was to pick up this report might not get into the nitty gritty, but to kind of take that point and perhaps others and really, um, you know, make them a overall, you know, uh, uh, conclusion of, you know, kind of common sense things that we've realized. And uh, let's see what else. Um, oh, I just wanted to say about the housing issues that um, I think we... You know, we aren't necessarily who's moving into or who would, who would be moving into Northborough. Um, I think the community can kind of um, perhaps ha has to be a little bit open to the fact that new people would move in. And if we diversified our housing a little stock a little bit, I was struck by the fact that Northborough has the least amount of rental housing among in our region. And as a person who is um, coming of age in a way, um, I would look to downsize, to downsize into a, a very vital downtown. Um, so if we build it, they will come. 
and I will pass the baton over to um, John Campbell. Okay, thanks, Jean. John? I have the baton. You have the baton. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, I was hoping to see more short-term and medium-term actionable items in the report. And some of this will overlap a little bit with where Gene was heading, I think. Um, <clears throat> I actually think the area uh, east of the town common, um, which is part of the Aspet Mill scenario three, is the area where we could most affect um, short-term and staged revitalization. I think it's the area that most people in town look at and feel like um, it's underdeveloped. Um, it's not, uh, you know, vital at all. It needs revitalization. The change of the roadway through and past the bank that happened uh, 10 years or so ago changed the pattern of, of uh, people traveling through there and so on. And now it's really kind of a vacant area. If you walk downtown now, I find myself sometimes walking through there to go to Assabit Park. And for me, I've always looked at that entire area between the town common, which is now a terrific asset, and Assabit Park, which has always been a great asset, and the connectivity that we were looking to achieve. I feel that this report has kind of come up short in addressing that specifically, but it brought forth to me the question of, is it the job of this committee to distill the report and bring forth these more concrete actionable items or do we want to bring more of that forth in what the report says and i think it's probably a mix of both um, the short-term strategies currently brought forth in report are you know mostly organizational um, I, I think the emphasis on a staff person to coordinate is very important. And if we agree that it's a key item, it should remain at the top of short term and probably should be moved up to the top of your executive summary. But in, in terms of the place where we could, if we were to back up a little and say, we're not going to uh, uh, blow up the entire block as I think Gene referenced, but if we were to look at how could we influence changes in that block, which in turn would spur other development or the potential that someone would say, uh, you know, for instance, take uh, a convenience store and make it into a bigger property with multi-level uh, and housing above and envision some of the things that are in the bigger plan without blowing up the block, which is obviously somewhat impractical. There are viable businesses and, uh, you know, commercial things going on in that block. But uh, so the, my main point is I, I think we're not emphasizing scenario three enough. Um, having said that, uh, Gene's point about scenario one, uh, Blake Street and so on is very valid. We have two properties there that the town controls and moving them into the bigger plan is, is also an area where we could have shorter term actionable items. I, I feel like uh, as sexy as scenario two looks on paper, it may be the the least likely place where we could affect shorter term change. It, it it needs to be strategized and you know and a long term plan around it is exciting to look at, but I don't think that many people really uh, people in town thinking about what do I want to see that looks nicer in downtown 
they're thinking about the intersections at the main traffic lights in town and how can that look better number one and if it looks better uh will it make me want to stop and go into a place more, more than we do now um i wanted to add as a corollary to this talking about some of these shorter term strategies that uh, we brought this up in the open space committee and the community preservation committee uh, in, a, in a kind of an ongoing agenda item how can we take steps that contribute to the master plan and the open space committee is somewhat tied to the cpc in that they would really recommend we want to get a piece of land for conservation but we've also been involved in uh, acquiring land that becomes park space and in my head i think of what sort of small contributions of land acquisition could further some of these programs you're talking about and if they make sense we bring them forth as um, CPC items in the shorter term rather than waiting to react later. The um, Community Preservation Fund is an asset that is growing in town. And quite frankly, right now, we don't have a direction for exactly where we're going to focus its, its growing um, reserves. So that's something we, we bring forth. And uh, as a hypothetical, if there were uh, the, an opportunity to acquire parcels of land that we could call extensions of park, extensions of, uh, of um, town common or extensions of Assabit Park, or a way to create more room for parking between the two and walking space between the two that would qualify under CPA, then those are the kind of things that, that I want to keep bringing up in those committees. And again, um, I see it possibly being an area, uh, a way to move forth more quickly in the scenario one area. Just let me interject for a second, John. So you're saying that that providing parking for um, community preservation supported uses like parks or open space is a valid use of community preservation money? Uh, let me be clear. It's a stretch. I've not researched it, but if if there was a way to acquire property that expanded the open space, expanded parkland, and, and we could um, qualify it in that way, then I'm saying it's a possibility. John, what kind of money are we talking about in the in the fund? Uh, the the CPC the CPA in Northboro. Round numbers has a reserve right now of about a million dollars and takes in revenue year over year of close to one million dollars. Hmm. Granted, um, by law, you must spend it partially on historic preservation and partially on affordable housing. That obviously overlaps with some of this uh, plan and has not been utilized as yet. Um, but the remaining, um, well, 10% toward open space or recreational programs, but the remaining 70% uh, remains something you can allocate across any of those three core areas. Well, I think the obvious thing that comes to mind is that, and as it was already stated earlier tonight, there may not be an obvious implementation um, entity for the um, Assabet Park along the river. That would be a, it could be 
a project that's public in nature could be using some of these funds. And, you know, this is not an intensely developed area. It would be uh, setting aside a natural area where you'd have a walking trail. Uh, it would be kept from development. Uh, it would need some places for people to park to enjoy the, that walk. Um, so it seems like it may be a, a good fit for that type of um, initiative. Yeah, beyond totally that, I, I wanted to come back to that, that, uh, you know, the, the acquisition of that land in scenario two, however that might take place, um, the CPA in Northborough could play a major role. Okay, that's a good point. You know, I want us to say something as I was listening to you talk about what the priorities might be um, on these different areas. Keep in mind that the fire station and Four West Main Street will be viewed by others outside your community as perhaps the jewel in the plan downtown. In other words, the ability to remake that as part of uh, a centerpiece of downtown um, could be what this comes down to for certain people. And if you have sort of taken those two projects and taken them to a conclusion before anyone gets to look at them, you, you may have precluded uh, an opportunity that won't come uh, because whatever's done there is not exactly in the vision of what could happen. So I just say that just as a, as a cautionary note that yes, you can, maybe start earlier on those and, and solve them. Um, but it may not be consistent with what other ideas there may be on the board in the future, uh, where those would be critical to the success of the project. So I mean, just keep that in the so, back of your mind, I'd say. Yeah, so <clears throat> circling it back to the beginning of my comments, um, I guess if I was the one going to read this report and 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 to be have it be part of its presentation, if, if there was a way to bring forth some more of the what ifs um, in a more succinct manner, I think it would uh, enhance the introduction or the summary or whatever we're putting at the front of it, because it's a, it, it's a terrific report with a tremendous amount of data and great research. Um, and in identifying the tree scenarios, you lay out the, the big picture what if but um, a lot of the comments tonight have been focused on problems with that big picture. And so if we leave ourselves open-minded to uh, subsets of these scenarios, then I think that would be wise. And uh, I guess in response to the question on the table about whether or not a, a new staff position needs to be filled, just a couple, comments I want to make. If you don't, if you don't pursue redevelopment at the scale that we're talking about here, then it's a different position than if you do. Um, because the person who fills that position probably needs to have some real strong real estate experience so they can negotiate uh, or translate for the developers and vice versa. Uh, it's different than an economic development person. So think about the skill sets for those. If it's just someone that would work with downtown merchants, maybe help organize a merchants association, it's a different sort of person. Someone who maybe hasn't been involved in other small downtown Main Street projects 
uh, is more organizationally focused than technically focused. But I, I, I saw this as if we're going to do redevelopment and we don't have one, someone currently able to sort of engage at that level, then you need to go find someone who can, who can sort of talk the language, be the, a, a confidant and, a, and an advisor to uh, the select board and be able to sort of be an intermediary in that process. These will be complex, even though they seem small, they'll be complex projects. Anything else, John? No, thanks for the time. I know, Jen, you're new to the committee. You've probably seen this for the first time fairly recently, but you've heard a lot of discussion. I'd be interested in your comments and perspective. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure who I would meet with to go through the details, the um, finer points I think you called earlier on the plan. So I don't know whoever has time to do that at another time, but um, big picture wise, just wanted to address a couple of quick things. Um, um, Russ, when you spoke about performance requirements for commercial property, um, you know, having that, what, what, what do you mean? What are your parameters for that? Are you reading from the implementation strategy or something? Yeah, in yeah. Like for commercial, like say, you know, if you're commercial property and you say, or mixed use, and you say, okay, we're going to make sure essentially was what I got from that was we're going to make sure that those developers put people, you know, businesses in. And as someone else, I'm sorry, I forget who said it earlier, mentioned, you know, where the old printing shop used to be is now apartments and um, supposed to be businesses there are no businesses down there so when you said performance requirements what does that mean like how well, do you enforce that well it's it's sort of done with the notion that the old adage that if you just as a public as a community you go ahead and make all the big investments and they'll flood behind you private investment will flood behind you and do all the good things you want i'm saying that it should be done in partnership with those private investments. In other words, if you're going to get them to do what you want, there's a little carrot that you hold in front of them. It's we will we will put in sidewalks here. We will there's discussion of undergrounding utilities. Those are all generally considered public sector investments that you would you might want to do them just for for the benefit of downtown, but it doesn't mean all these other good things will happen as a result of it. Uh, so you need to be sitting across the table saying, okay, you're going to build the first, uh, the ground floor re uh, retail space and restaurant space that we want. Mm -hmm. And in turn, we will help you with parking, or we may help you with creating a, a nice, attractive environment. Um, and there'll be some sort of cost sharing there, but you can't just assume that they're going to do it because lots of things yeah, happen. I, I guess my takeoff question, group. yeah, my takeoff question for that um, coming from retail background is, you know, rent spaces for um, retailers, you know, downtown now, the little shops that are there, dollars per square foot, how much they pay for rent and utilities versus if you blow down the building and knock up a new one, are those same sort of small businesses realistically going to be able to afford dollar per square foot sales rent increases that they're going to expect when it's a new building like that whole well, business thing i don't i don't know if it's in here somewhere but like that to me is kind of important i mean you, we there's a 
place right down the street. There was a yogurt place there before. Now it's gone. There's another one. You know, like businesses come and go. Trombettas came and went. You know, dollars per square foot. It's a huge number. And and rent for these small businesses that are there now versus who are you attracting? I mean, this performance that sort of that stuck with me. Like, does that mean you're bringing in big retailers that are gonna all of a sudden pop up downtown that are you know niche and they're probably going to be as mom and pops. They they may be. Um, you know, I think I think it's not unusual for community to say, "Look, I want you." If you're going to redevelop the block on scenario three, you mm -hmm. know, make opportunities available to the existing tenants who want to stay there to be incorporated into your plan. Then the next question is, okay, what are you going to charge for rent if you, when you do that? And some people may carry on to the next level and come back. Other people may not. Maybe they say, I can't afford that. So, well, I mean, that area is so a, tiny. It's only like 1.7 acres. It's not like it's a massive amount of space that's available and that's vacant. That's right. But, but, right and we're not, and we're not trying to create a massive amount of space, but right. we are I mean, trying it's to so create, by, like if the owner wanted to, you know, have a feasibility study or, or even for the town property, um, you know, the firehouse or whatever, you know, the Mass Cultural Council has feasibility studies that they, you know, match up with town money or whatever. And to see what can you do with a building? Can it come into art space? Can it come into a music space? Can it be built for the for the purpose of arts for the community? And I know that that might be a piece that um, isn't like a super high priority. And it certainly doesn't generate like a lot of volume money-wise, but I think it's important to bring community together and the arts is a way to do that. And the old firehouse could be a cool gallery. You know, I mean, there's a lot of options. Yeah, absolutely good um, in that. And but I don't know who, who I would talk to about starting like a feasibility study to see you know and initiate that through mass cultural council that is Which that is one of, can, can that happen? That's, in there. that's in there um it is in um i think for the fire station it's in as part of the beginning of phase two which mm -hmm. is i think in year four you'll see reference to additional study to, to determine the feasibility of future uses at that location same thing with four west main street so all those issues at that point get vetted at that at that stage. So that is yet to come. Mm -hmm. um, what the actual phasing of these initiatives, I guess, is something this committee will have to sort out. But we've put forth what we think is the appropriate phasing. Mm -hmm. But all those things are envisioned because these things are not going to just grow out of the ground on their own. They need to be given some direction as to what the potential is. And that will guide who's interested in them. You say who's interested. You're talking about big developers. You're not talking about um, Susie Q who wants to start a business. You're talking about like. There'll be, big... there'll be a place for Susie Q to, to come in, but someone okay. needs to put in the basic structure of building space or residential. Someone is going to be a bigger developer who does that. Um, so once that's sorted out, then you'll have, let's say, for example, in scenario three, we have 15,000 square feet of commercial frontage right on Main Street. Now mm -hmm. we need Susie Q to come and occupy that space. And that will probably come from the region. People who are familiar with Northborough will see that as an opportunity. They'll be working with whoever is managing, property managing the, that space. And you know, the goal in that particular case was to provide building space for merchants on Main Street where, where that doesn't exist today. 
But that's not, you're not saying they're going to discount the, the rent or the lease. They're, they're going to charge it at market value, which when you rebuild the building, it's not, it's not nearly the same what the rent is. Well, I, I would say that's generally true. Uh, if you go to Hudson, uh, places like that, or any, any place that has sort of turned it around, mm -hmm. what has come in there is probably been a step up from what was there before mm -hmm. because what was there before wasn't wasn't complete was older was a different type of space than what will be provided in the future so mm -hmm. uh will it be available for anyone and everyone it's hard to say that that would be the case okay and then just so I, i'm more of a visual person so some of these scenarios um are, we're like like the information in here like the zip codes for your marketing research, is that really Central Mass? Or is that, are those small towns Central Mass same? Or or is that more, you know, Metro? No, Central Mass is much larger than that area. And I didn't see any relevance to going to the top of the state to, to, to use as a comparable. So I, I picked those communities that are adjacent, contiguous, or, you know, Worcester's is an important city just for influence reasons. So I created that 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 larger region beyond Northboro. Okay. Just to it's, see what was going on, what type of businesses were growing, that sort of thing. Okay. So it's not all small town. It, you do have big, larger well, communities. Worcester, obviously not a small town, but everything else is fairly small around it. Okay. In terms of recommendations for housing as well as commercial or multi-use, whatever your term is that you use here. We use different market, sub-market areas for that. Okay. Those are determined by other researchers. Should, and we can't modify chat. those. I don't want to waste everyone's time because I'm coming in here in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? I don't mean to well, let's, mess let's everything up. It's just, there's just I'm so being... many things to learn and um, so many things are so different. So, well, Although it is interesting I... to read like the old master plan and compare it to now. So actually, I could ask real quick, when shall I look, what um, notes could I go back and look at to see when you reviewed the last master plan? Um, you know, because obviously it's a strategic plan, so you had to go through the positive, negative, what you accomplished, what you did in those goals. What what month can I look at those notes to see where you did that and how you evaluated to, in order to make this new one? Um, are you talking about the town's master plan? Yeah. Laurie? Tell me, I mean, I'm not familiar with that process. Yeah, so uh, the the master plan was updated in 2020, which actually was before my time. So it's my understanding that as part of that planning process, um, they looked at the old master plan, which I believe was 2010, if I'm correct. I think and so. Um, so this is the first time a downtown revitalization report has been done to my knowledge. So there wasn't a prior report to look at uh, to see what was done. That makes sense. That makes sense because having lived downtown and, and I still live within walking distance, um, the whole one side of the track of town looks much better than the other side of the track. So um, now I get why there wasn't it. So there was no downtown plan before. It just sort of mentions it in all the plans. This is the, no, this is the first time it's been done. So okay. the town-wide master plan has been done several times, right. and that was updated recently, which came with the recommendation that downtown should be looked at closer for revitalization opportunities. Thus, we're here tonight, and this is the first time these have been discussed at this level. And I think okay. also to your question, Jen, 
this was the first time when, when the, the latest master plan was done in 2020, to my recollection, this was the first time that there was a significant amount of input from town residents about wanting to see redevelopment and revitalization of the downtown. So although that might've been addressed tangentially in prior master plans, the 2020 master plan was the first time it came out as a significant point of interest for the residents of the town, which then led our committee to raise this up as the first item in the master plan that we wanted to bring forward for analysis. And we recommended hiring a consulting firm to do a plan for the downtown, which gave us this plan, which is the first time we've ever done a downtown plan. Okay, yeah, because there's some buildings that were downtown at that time that were old historic buildings that have been demolished. So that's why it's so interesting that half of the town, like one side is so protected historically and the other side isn't. And this, what we're talking about here is part of the stuff that isn't. So it's, that's a little weird to me. Maybe that's an offline thing too. Yeah. Well, just there was a plan like, done in 2000. There was a downtown plan done, but they never did anything with it. The first master plan was 1997, and then there was a downtown plan in 2000, community development plan in 2003. Then they redid the bylaws in 2009. So yeah, I'm just curious, like when the when the plan was. I guess I have to get my hands on the plan. When the plan was made before, what was the plan? Was it executed? Mm -mm. plus or minus close. not even okay. close and we repeated a lot of the recommendations in the new plan is that what, so that's what this is okay. no. no i mean the master plan that was just completed in 2020 mm -hmm. ended up not because we meant to but ended up repeating a lot of the recommendations from the old master plan because nothing was really done with it and everyone still wanted to see the same things and downtown planning and revitalization is one of those things, but it came out a lot stronger this mm -hmm. time. It's like, so, enough's so enough, it's been a decade, two decades, three decades, let's right. do it already. So that's why we're here. So the developers who like buy the houses, put, um, demolish, sorry, demolish them and rebuild new things, that those things were in the old plan or they were not in the old plan because they're not, you didn't have it. I'm not aware of anything that was done in the downtown okay. in the last 20 years. It was part of anybody's plan. Okay. It was all That's individual projects being proposed by developers for individual reasons. Yep. Yeah. And I think any of the nice things that people wanted to see, that it just wasn't followed through with. So there was a lot that was talked about with Blake Street, making it walkable, things like that. Right. But um, it, not, it, wasn't, it wasn't executed on, like you said. Okay. Yeah, I'll put out the offer. Jen, if you want to, to meet and talk through some of your ideas, be happy to That'd do so. And same thing with anyone else that would like to do that. Just reach out to Lori to get my contact information. We'll set something up. Yes, thank you. Yeah, also for your info, Jen, this was the first time. One of the things that the latest master plan um, iteration did was it recommended the first thing that be done was that a committee of residents be set up to take the master plan and work with the town to start implementing the things that were in it. So the mm -hmm. Master Plan Implementation Committee was formed to basically take the plan, go through it, and say, okay, what do we want to prioritize in the plan and bring forward for action? And the first thing we decided last year, because there was so much interest, was to go forward and analyze what we could do about the downtown, which has led us to hiring Weston Sampson, uh, then bringing on RKG, and where we are right now trying to finalize this report. 
-hmm. you know, there are a lot of other things in the master plan that if we can get past this step, we're going to have to go back as a committee and read through the plan and decide what do we want to take next out of the plan and bring forward and do something about. But this has taken us the better part of a year. At the beginning, once we decided we were going to do this, we discussed it. We want to set up a subcommittee of the master plan implementation committee to go off to the side and work on downtown and let the rest of the committee start to work on something else in the plan. And we decided, no, everybody on the committee wanted to be involved in this downtown revitalization. So we didn't set up a subcommittee. The entire MPIC has been managing this plan development process. Okay. Okay. The next yeah, step. I, mean, is I have a million ideas because cultural council and other things that are available through the arts and endowments and all that stuff and the nonprofit we just started. So I'm pretty excited to be a part of this. So bear with my, I'm sorry if I'm annoying, trying to get to learn this, trying to be patient, write a hundred notes and wait till my turn, but I'll get it. You're catching so, up. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, we need to wrap this up fairly soon here with some kind of therefores. There's just one thing I want to bring up that I noticed in the plan that tied this plan to the master plan. It's just we've been talking about that. On page 10, there's a chart that lists um, a lot of the specific action items and recommendations in the master plan that had to do with the downtown. And they came in different sections of the master plan, somewhere in land use. Some were in natural cultural, some were in housing, some in economic development, some in transportation. And on page 10, the report attempts to show which ones of those things this study has addressed, either by achieving something or at least moving us down the road there. And I agreed with those things we indicated as being furthered or achieved, but I think there's a few more that we could fill in. And I just would be interested to see if other people agree. So, for example, um, under housing, guided by zoning design standards and the downtown visualization study, incorporate housing into downtown to attract a sufficient number of residents that can supplement and support the area's economic viability while maintaining existing character of downtown neighborhoods. So the master plan did talk about looking at increasing or developing some housing in the downtown. This report certainly talks about that. I think tonight we've talked about to what extent should it talk about it. But my sense is that underneath that, next to that, we should put furthered that this plan furthered the master plan goal of considering um, um, incorporating housing into the downtown. So I would recommend so Frank, that don't next leave to off that very carefully added end of that sentence, which fit into the existing character of the neighborhoods. So that that's just one note I want to make. Right, I, I understand that, but the. Thing. But this plan definitely talks about that. So I, I don't want to say we've achieved that, but I think saying further, it makes sense next to that one. Um, the next one says, define the downtown in terms of its geography. I think this plan did that. I mean, we now have a line drawn around what we think is the downtown and how we want to revitalize that. This is under economic development, EDG1. So I'd be willing to put achieved next to the fact that we now have defined the downtown's geography based on this report. Um, the next one I'd look at is economic development one four conduct a parking study to assess and address parking activity and pedestrian issues in downtown and to plan for future needs. I put further next to that one that this report at least is starting to get into analyzing what's needed and where it ought to go. Obviously, we have to actually do it, but I put further next to that one. 
Um, ED15, explore the potential for repurposing for West Main Street, the old town hall as an anchor for the downtown, conduct a feasibility study to identify options and recommendations. I think that's going on maybe as part of the town hall uh, study, but this report also gets into that. So I would put furthered next to that one. And the other one has to do with look for opportunities to incorporate other public gathering places such as the common and library into the downtown framework, advance effort to connect gathering places and businesses for improved walkability and accessibility. And I would put furthered next to that one. So if anybody disagrees, let me know. Otherwise I'd recommend, uh, I can send that back to Lori and for those items, you know, put in what I've just mentioned, main, mainly furthered except I would put achieved for defining the downtown geography. I think that just shows that, in fact, this report did pay attention to the master plan. Obviously, there's a lot of work that needs to be done and more questions need to be answered, but there's a definite connectivity between this report and the 2020 master plan. Hey, Rick, I agree with you. And I wonder if that section, that page can be reformatted in a way that it's comes forth more clearly. It's just such a tiny, tiny chart. You're trying to, they were trying to pull it in from the uh, previous document, maybe. That's all. It looks more like a graphic rather than something you should read through. Your all right. Well, should be bigger. All right. Why don't we think about reformatting that page 10 into, into something more of a, you know, larger text, less of a table and more of a, I don't know how you would do it, but okay. Um, my sense would be, um, you know, Laurie, Russ, and I probably need to put our heads together and sort of think through these comments that we've gotten tonight about the report. My sense is that in general, I'm not hearing um, a lot of disagreement with where the report is going, what the major recommendations are. There's some shades and degrees of stuff, especially around what the report is talking about as far as as far as housing goes, um, um, maybe also uh, sort of uh, making the executive summary a, a little bit bigger and including uh, some more items to bring out right at the beginning of the report uh, to make it clearer kind of thing. Um, but my sense is, unless somebody feels differently, that we're moving towards a report here that we as a committee can endorse forward to the select board. Obviously, the next step is going to be once we're in agreement uh, with this report that we'd schedule time uh, to do a presentation before the select board and uh, get some feedback from the select board. I think that'll be a next important uh, step and get a feeling for how aggressively do they feel they want to bring this to the town and uh, move forward with it. And how would the select board envision moving forward with this report? You know, would there be additions to staff? Would there be additional committees appointed? Exactly what would happen next to take these things and go forward with them? Um, would there be some discussion around taking certain items? There's been some discussion tonight about moving forward with the fire station and the and the town hall independent 
of a larger look at Blake Street. I think Russ has brought up some points as to some of the pitfalls in doing that. But, you know, the town may decide it's more important to get some stuff done in the short term and property that the town controls offers the opportunity to do that. I've heard some sentiment towards that tonight, although I think to Russ's point, to the extent we start carving out particular properties and doing something with them, inhibits our ability to do something larger in that area of town. So we just, there are a lot of things we'd have to talk through, but um, short of making some revisions based on what we talked about tonight, is there is there anything else anybody has in mind where they have a serious objection or, or a reservation about taking the plan basically as it stands now and eventually bringing this forward to the to the select board? I just have a bunch of things I wanted to forward to you and Lori. Okay. So I, I, I don't know. I think people had, we're going to send things in. I, I think we might need one more meeting to discuss. Yeah, I, I definitely, th I definitely think that's true. You know, based on what we've heard tonight, um, we have to decide what we're going to do with this plan. We're going to need at least another meeting. The question is going to be, will we be ready to meet the third Thursday in November? Or whether it's going to take a little bit longer. For now, I think we should all keep the third Thursday in November open. That would be our next regularly scheduled meeting date. And we're going to have to get some feedback from Ashley and John, Jonathan, when he comes back and Ross as to what are we going to do with this next and how long is it going to take before we could bring it back. And obviously we have to see what else you might be sending into Lori as individual comments behind the scenes. That'll have some bearing on how much work needs to be done here. Um, obviously, you know, we'd like to wrap this up if in fact there are some things we could do in the short term that might need warrant articles for this year's town meeting to start to allocate some funding to do some of these short-term things, maybe especially around some uh, uh, beautification, streetscapes, things like that. There might be some things that come out of this that independent of the three scenarios that could be done or might, might take some capital funding to do. It'd be good if we could wrap this up get before the select board and just see if there's anything that we might want to bring to town meeting in 2024 to start implementing some of this or not. It may be too soon to do that, but we still have a little bit of a window to talk about that. So it's a reason to try and, you know, wrap this up as quickly as we can. Lori, from your perspective, any other therefores after, out of tonight's meeting? No, I'm all set. I have nothing to add. All right. Um, well, let us uh, talk about this, um, decide what we're going to do. Let's hold the next, the third Thursday night in November open for our next meeting, and we'll communicate back if we think we can get enough accomplished between now and then to have something fairly, you know, next step to review. But I can't guarantee that'll be the case at this point. And as we said, you know, please send to Lori any other things you've got as far as um, uh, changes in wording or typos or things like that. But once again, please review what she sent out to you yesterday just to make sure that she hasn't already caught things that you caught. So just send her new stuff that, uh, you know, that she didn't already find. We do have to just spend a minute. We have minutes. Uh, first of all, Russ and Ashley, thank you very much for your time mm -hmm. tonight. Thank you. Um, I guess Laura and I'll talk tomorrow, Russ, and see what we need to do about organizing a meeting with you and, and uh, Ashley and Jonathan yep. to take the next step on this. Sounds good. Thank you all. Okay. Good evening. Thanks. So we have... Uh,
an agenda here somewhere. We have minutes from the June 15th meeting. There was an uh, amended set of those that Lori set out today. I think um, uh, Amy had suggested a change in some of her comments, which were indicated in red in that uh, uh, meeting. Is there any other comments or changes to the June 15 minutes that anybody has tonight? I did not have anything. Okay. If not, I'll entertain a motion to approve the minutes as amended in the copy we got today. Mr. Chair, I make a motion that we approve the minutes for the June 15th, 2023 MPIC committee meeting. Second. Been moved and seconded. Any other discussion on that? Okay, we have to do a roll call vote here. Let me get my cheat sheet out here. Okay, uh, Julianne. Aye. Amy. Aye. Millie. Aye. Ashley. Aye. Fran. Aye. Uh, Jean Kennedy. Aye. Jean Cahill. Abstain. Uh, Rick Leaf, aye. Uh, John Campbell? Aye. Jen Tolman? She abstains too, I'm sure. I have to abstain. I wasn't here. Oh, that's true. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the minutes, as amended, um, are approved. Uh, is there any business to come before the committee tonight? Hearing none, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn this meeting. So moved. Second. Second. And second, it's been moved and second to adjourn. Julianne? Aye. Amy? Aye. Millie? Aye. Ashley? Aye. Grant? Aye. Jean Kennedy? Aye. Jean Cahill? <clears throat> I say aye. John Campbell? Aye. And Jen Tolman? Aye. We are adjourned. Um, we'll, uh, like I said, hold that next uh, third Thursday in November open. We'll get back to you with more information once we've discussed what to do next. Thanks for all your comments, and I really appreciate it. Thank Thanks, you. Rick. Rick.